You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, today's, today's Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by Extreme Terrain, Wrangler Off-Road Parts and Accessories Outfitters. Stay tuned to their Throttle Out SEMA coverage featuring Joe Dick's top three Jeep picks. And this episode of the Jeep Talk Show is also sponsored in part by Black Magic Brake Products. They build big brake kits for your Jeep. BlackMagicBrakes.com sells direct bolt-in Vanco big brake kits with Black Magic Brake pads and new steering knuckles. Find out more by visiting blackmagicbreaks.com. That's blackmagicbreaks.com. Josh, do any Jeeps uh, stop appropriately whenever you put larger tires and wheels on it? Don't don't all no. Jeeps need better brakes? <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> Some more than others. I thought so, uh, but uh, you know, just thought I'd check the new ones. You know that. You can actually see out the. You can see where you're going at night with the new jeeps, apparently. So uh, well, they have headlights. You know, I, the other I, ones just had like candles inside yes, of glass bulbs. There. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you know, it doesn't matter if you uh, have a jeep, want a jeep, or never driven anything but jeeps. This show's for you, Josh, Tammy, and myself. Is Tammy still with the show? I think she is, isn't she? As he was making her way back from the other side of the United States. Uh, right, she's yeah. somewhere off. It's It's been a long time. But anyway, we're here to inform and entertain you while we talk about jeeps. Hey, this is Tony, and I am stunned. I motioned for someone to get the hell out of the fast lane, and they did. <laughs> <gasps> Never happens out here in Oregon, Ooh. I swear. <laughs> my name is Josh, and I miss the feel of grip tape under my shoes. I know, that's a weird one for you. It is strange. Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. And ordinarily, at this point in the show, we'd be telling you how this segment is brought to you by Amazon. But we got a letter from them this week telling us that they didn't like how we're doing things. I suppose if we wanted to add at least an hour or more of additional work each week to what we already do for the show, for literally like 39 cents of income, well, we certainly could. But we've decided that they can go fuck themselves. (laughs) So this week, this week in Jeep is brought to you by the underappreciated, underloved, and frankly just pissed off Jeep talk show staff. <laughs> oh, wait a second. Of- wait a second. Okay. You know, you- there it is. <laughs> now, speaking of uh, being pissed off, well, this person uh, certainly has every right to be pissed off. Oh, no. According to an incident report, this crime happened late at night on Veterans Day into the early morning hours on Tuesday. What we're talking about here is an actual veteran's Jeep being vandalized on Veterans Day. Lindsay Kohler, the wife of the Jeep's owner, said that she does not know why somebody would damage their property so badly, but it feels like this was some sort of a personal attack. Investigators said there is no indication of that, but the owners of the Jeep find it a little strange that the Jeep was the only vehicle that was hit when there were other cars in the driveway that night and Tuesday morning as well. Her mother-in-law was leaving about 7.30 Tuesday morning from the house and came back in immediately back into the house to tell Lindsay and her husband that somebody had let the air out of the tires on their Jeep. Going out to see the Jeep for themselves, the Kohler saw that the vandals had not just let the air out of the tires, but they had been slashed. The vandals sliced and slashed the windows of the soft top too, and then they saw that things got worse. 
The seats were also all completely torn up, cut and slashed, and ripped all to shreds. They then saw the paint had also been vandalized, and somebody had written a word in the paint via scratches, a key, if you will. That word, or just letters, rather, say K-O-M-Y. Kohler and the investigators are not sure what that means, but it's in bold letters scratched right into the paint of this beautiful Jeep. Kohler says her Army veteran husband is still taking the damage in. He feels very betrayed, very unsafe, Kohler said. Bob Keeling with the Seminole County Sheriff's Office said this is more than just broken property. Quote, this happens on Veterans Day, and people need to understand that this is more than just vandalism. It's a crime. You have significant damage done to this vehicle. Also, somebody burglarized it, so it's not just a crime, it's multiple crimes, Keeling said. Despite the damage, Kohler said that she will forgive whoever is responsible. Absolutely, they obviously need help. It's just an object, and I can fix the object, she says. The person's the one that needs the help, she said. Lindsay and her husband said they would like to thank the community for helping and supporting them through this difficult time. Seminole County Sheriff's Office asked that if you think back to any conversation that you may have heard or overheard about the vandalism, or if somebody is posting about the crime on social media, to please contact them if you know anything about the damaged Jeep. What do you think about this, Tony? Veteran getting his Jeep vandalized severely on Veterans Day could not be worse. I'd like to take the high road on this, uh, and I like uh, uh, what the, uh, the lady had to say about forgiving them. Uh, she's right. You know, things can be replaced, but this type of, of stuff is, is not appropriate and nobody should be doing it. Yeah. I mean, to come out and find this, uh, I mean, just heartbreaking. I mean, cause it is a beautiful Jeep, but I mean, just what they did to it. Unbelievable. And just, there's, there's no words. I wonder, it's I wonder if there's a girlfriend. I wonder if there's a girlfriend involved. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really weird. I mean, somebody w- took the time to write in very specific letters, K-O-M-Y, scratched deep down to the metal in the paint on the side of this Jeep. I mean, that, that's, that's, a, so that's a personal message or something. I don't know, man. Th- it, it is very, very strange. You think, especially the, when you think the former were, FBI director is, a, is on a bender or something? Comey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just so... <laughs> he was fired, wasn't he? Yeah. Uh, yeah this is no, not Trump's Jeep. <laughs> <laughs> very strange it's no laughing matter i mean it is it is a sad state of affairs nonetheless uh hopefully they're able to uh track the person down hopefully maybe even somebody out there within the sound of our voice knows something about this uh if you got want to get take a better uh, closer look at the jeep in question you might recognize it uh just head over to the show notes in the episode at jeeptalkshow.com for this episode rather uh, and you can see what we're talking about Well, the 2020 Jeep Wrangler diesel price has been announced. The first ever U.S. market diesel version of the Jeep Wrangler will be chugging into showrooms very soon. Sooner than you think, actually. Pricing for the much-anticipated SUV has been released, and the dealer order books are open as Jeep awaits final fuel economy certification prior to the commencement of sales in just a few weeks. That's right, just a few weeks is all we got to wait. The new 3-liter turbocharged V6 diesel is largely shared with the Ram 1500 platform and puts out a respectable 260 horsepower but boasts a whopping 442 foot-pounds of torque in the Wrangler. It's offered across all trim levels but only on 4x4 4-door models with equipped 8-speed automatic transmission. So, if you had aspirations of owning a new diesel Wrangler with a manual, I'm sorry to be the bearer of bad news, but it ain't going to happen off the showroom floor. 
The lowest price sport diesel starts at $37,795, which is $4,500 more than the one powered by its 2-liter turbocharged four-cylinder gasoline engine brother, and a $3,250 step up from the 3.6-liter V6 gasoline option. Those differences also apply to the Sport S and Hardcore off-road Rubicon trim levels as well. For 2020, the Dressy Sahara is the only Wrangler available with the pricier mild hybrid e-torque versions of the gasoline engines, which add an electric motor boost which helps eliminate low-end lag for improved launch performance while enhancing fuel economy. Should also be very fun off-road. Jeep promises that the diesel's fuel economy will be the best ever seen out of a Wrangler, which is currently rated at 21 miles per gallon combined with the 2-liter turbo 4. Now, after launching in the Wrangler, the engine will be added to the Gladiator pickup as an option for the 2021 model year. So, maybe buying a Gladiator as a tow rig makes a little more sense now with the diesel option, at least in another year. My goodness, I would hate, yeah. I would hate to have bought a 2020 Gladiator. <laughs> Because oh no, especially I'm paying this thing off for the next fifteen years. No, uh, especially if you were going to use it for for towing. I mean, yeah. even even overlanding would be wonderful no. for oh, uh, having no, a diesel. Absolutely, option. especially with with that kind of torque. Now, don't get me wrong; the Gladiator in its current I- iteration with the gasoline engine is still a decent tow rig uh, for your average everyday Jeep. Uh, it's certainly capable of it and has the rating to do so. The diesel option, however, is going to put that into a category where it's going to be very easy on the vehicle to tow it with all that torque. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm really excited about seeing the Gladiator's official towing numbers once the diesel option is released. That should be very cool to see. Well, you know, we were very excited about hearing all of the information uh, that you were bringing us about the Gladiator uh, before it actually came out, and then we were mm-hmm. looking at wow, this is really they're really putting a lot of good stuff there in in the uh, the rear axle, good towing. And then they came out with uh, this the the V6s as engines, and we were like, "What the hell?" You know, this is supposed to be a a, a tow beast, but yeah. not with that engine. Where's a V8? Where's where we're we gonna get some more oomph? So maybe this is the other shoe that uh, that dropped uh, as far as the, the the Gladiator truly being a good towing rig. I think so, and I can't wait to hear some reports about once uh, some people actually get the, the, these these new Wranglers with the diesel and get them off-road to see yeah. how that torque is playing out off-road. I'm sure that we're going to be hearing uh, some you know first-drive reports and stuff like that here in the upcoming month um, from uh, dealers and other testers and stuff like that that are able to uh, pull one of these out and get it off-road and, and really move it through its paces to see what it can do. I'm really curious to see what it's going to be like off-road. And uh, as soon as we start seeing those reports come in, we'll be reporting on that very same thing right here on the Jeep Talk Show. And don't forget, you know, social media, you'll be seeing the uh, uh, 8-inch uh, exhaust pipes and rolling coal oh, out of a Wrangler. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that'll be fun. That's only around the corner, I'm yeah. sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> if you've got a news tip or response to any one of our stories, be sure to let us know what you have to say by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to reach out. Hey, coming up a little bit later in the show, we have an interview with Paul Fernandez. He's the GM from Automotive Touch-Up Paint, and you definitely want to hear what he's got to say. Coming up in Tech Talk, going from soft to hard. I need a little spring noise there. Uh, And winterizing your Jeep for a soft top. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network Podcast. Oh, Josh, I got to mention really quick, uh, talking about the 4x4 Radio Network, I actually got to meet Kevin and Scott from On the Trail Podcast and Cody. So I, I've, I've so now you have 50%. three new restraining orders. I, 
Well, they all have circles on them from the 10-foot pole. Now, uh, uh, so, <laughs> old joke. Uh, but uh, it was great meeting all of them. Uh, I got to meet uh, Cody's wife, and I got to meet uh, Kevin and uh, Scott's wife. And uh, it was great seeing them all out there at SEMA. And now I just got to meet uh, John uh, and his crew and Dan and his crew. You know, Dan was in the California, so he could have driven, driven over there easily, but he didn't do it. Something Wait, about, so I've, something I've about being Dan on duty. You haven't? I have not met work? Dan. Yeah, I have not met Dan. And you know what? I've never met uh, the, the people on the Jeep Talk Show, that, uh, that Josh guy and that Tammy girl. <laughs> that, I've, never, I've never met them either. <laughs> uh, one of these days, we're going to get together. Hey, coming up a little bit later in the show, another guy we'd like to see in person, Nikki G. He's got something to say, and we're going to find out what it is. All right, guys. Uh, <laughs> I hate even saying this because I don't want to dis- dissuade you from sub- doing a paid subscription with the show, but we are getting paid subscribers, and I want to thank you guys very much for uh, you know stepping up and uh, going over there to the jeeptalkshow.com website and clicking that uh, subscribe button for PayPal. We really appreciate it. And it's really going to help us uh, make the show a lot better with a lot more information. Uh, getting people out there, getting Josh and Tammy out to events and, uh, you know, talking to people and being seen and getting more stickers. So well, uh, it's never been more important than it is right now, especially with what Amazon is doing to the Jeep Talk Show. So, <laughs> yeah, really. we're not getting any money from Amazon anymore. Good Lord. You know, there must, I was telling you today in, uh, in, in chat, Josh, they must be being sued or... There's, There's a, some something. government agency yeah. that is doing something because it makes no sense whatsoever. But yeah, you know, we've been doing things a certain way for for a long time, which, w- for all intents and purposes, we thought was under the proper guidelines and and the way that we were supposed to have things set up. And it, for the longest time, was working flawlessly. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, no, you guys are doing it wrong, this, and you, you can't, can't do, do it that. anymore. And yeah, <laughs> jump through all these hoops. You and oh, by the way, here's a mile and a half of red tape you have to cut. Yeah, through. you can't say support the show you have to be specific on the items that you're you're trying to promote and like screw that i don't have enough time to do what i'm doing so yeah see you later anyway uh there you go (laughs) you got tech questions ah what do i ever we have answers oh that's good it's tech talk with jeep talk we tried to put it off for as long as possible we closed the blinds to avoid seeing the leaves turn and Well, some of us are still sporting flip-flops and shorts, despite fall definitely being here and, well, winter is most definitely knocking on the door. It's that time of year again when we can't really go topless as much as we'd like, and for some of us it means switching from a soft top to a hard top. So, I'm going to go over the proper way to go from soft top to hard top and all the things that need to be taken into consideration when doing so. We'll get into the hows and whys and even get into specific details of how to winterize your soft top and other storage considerations. Okay, first off, we're going to make sure, make, make some assumptions rather, um, that you actually have both a soft top installed and a hard top in storage ready to go on, and that you have at least one extra set of hands and some basic hand tools. Outside of that, this really isn't rocket science, but if you're new to the Jeep world or new to soft tops, then we may have some tips that you'll want to utilize as you make the transition from soft top to hard top. I suppose I should stop right here and apologize for not mentioning something sooner. Who puts away their bedding or their clothes without washing them first? Not me. (laughs) The best time to clean your top is right before it comes off to be stored for the winter. That way, when it comes time to put it back on in the spring, it's all clean and ready to go. 
One nice thing about a Wrangler hardtop is that you can drive right through an automatic car wash without an issue and come out clean on the other side. With a Wrangler softtop, well, you can't do that. Automatic car washes must be avoided. The large spinning brushes and drive-through car washes can easily scratch up softtop windows because they're stiff bristles or from dirt getting left on the brushes from a vehicle that went through before you. A touchless automatic car wash is unlikely to damage your top, although it is very likely to get some leakage due to high-pressure nozzles pointing at your top from various directions. Another downside to automatics is that it would be extremely loud from the sounds of the high-pressure water jetting against the side of the soft top. Not to mention, you're likely not going to get it all that clean anyways. Cleaning a Jeep soft top is best done by hand. If you use the manual wash station at a car wash, be sure to wash your top first. Start with the roof and then wash off the brush and, or foam, foam brush or wash rag thoroughly before moving on to the rest of the, rest of the top, like the soft windows. Make sure the brush or rag is as clean as it can be from any dirt left behind as uh, any dirt left behind can severely scratch your windows. After you finish cleaning the top, rinse off all the soap to prevent any soap scum or uh, stains or any of that sort of stuff from drying and, and leaving behind those ugly stains. Additionally, if you would like to prevent water spots on your windows, wipe them dry with a soft, clean, dry cloth. An important thing to remember about your soft windows is under no circumstances should you wipe dirt off them with your hand or a dry towel. This must be done with a soft, wet cloth so the dirt is picked up and not dragged across the windows, scratching them. A common misconception with the vinyl-based soft tops is that they require extreme care and caution when cleaning. It's not really that case. You can use general car wash soap to clean your top, but there are vinyl-specific cleaners that do a much better job. Trust me, it's worth the time and money to get this stuff. There's also specific fabric cleaners for twill-style tops, but again, you can use a basic car soap on these too. But for the best results, a soft horsehair brush and a dedicated vinyl or fabric cleaner is the way to go. Remember, a soft cloth is the only answer to vinyl windows to avoid scratches. Do not use toilet paper or tissue paper or paper towels or even newspapers. Like anything else, your soft top needs to be properly cared for in order for it to last and be in good condition for as long as possible. The most important part of maintenance is keeping the top clean. This helps prevent stains, holes, abrasions, and will reduce the likelihood of scratches on your windows and all that sort of stuff. All the zippers on the top should be regularly treated with zipper lubricant to prevent them from seizing, breaking, and ripping. If your window zippers are seized, don't yank on them. Don't pull on them very hard. This will only destroy the zipper or rip the fabric it's sewn to. Zipper Ease 227 Lubricant, Quadratex Zip Slick, or Best Tops Zipper Cleaner and Lubricant are all really good products that will work very well year-round to keep your zippers from seizing or breaking. Next week, we're going to go in and pick up right where we left off and get into the exact procedure for removal of the soft top, how to winterize it, and how to store it for the winter. Stay warm, stay dry, and next week we'll wrap things up and get you under that cozy hardtop. So I'd like to announce the Jeep Talk Show uh, uh, <laughs> zipper uh, pliers. You just put it there on that zipper and just yank as hard as you can. Teach that and damn zipper. <laughs> teach that damn zipper a, a lesson. Damn you. Yeah, I need to clean uh, the uh, the the best top that's on uh, my wife's uh, TJ. Um, it, it hasn't been cleaned since we got it and. I just haven't gone over there and, and bought all the uh, the best top cleaners, but but based on what you're telling me here, I don't really have to. I can uh, just use this uh, good old fashioned cheap stuff. 
Yeah, I, I would stay away from the dish soap. I, I would go with um, you know an actual car wash, uh, a car wash detergent, a car wash soap, if if you will. Um, it's a little bit easier on the fabric. You you probably won't get um, leftover soap um, that doesn't rinse away as easily as the car wash soap does, um, and, and it's stuff like that. It's also going to be easier on the on the vinyl uh, and the fabric. And of course, if you if you have an air compressor, um, you can get in and clean your zippers a little relatively easy with oh, compressed yeah. air. Uh, that will help get the majority of the dust and sand and, and, and grit out, uh, and then the, the lubrication will actually take care of the rest, uh, work that into the zippers really good, multiple cycles up and down, back and forth with those zippers, and before you know it, it'll be working easier than your fly. You know, the, the, uh, those zippers and the, uh, the, the material that it's connected to is very sturdy, at least on the best top uh, things. I'm really surprised how well it holds up over time. Well, best top is the best. Anything to add? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. Just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and send us a message. Let us know a topic that you would like for us to cover. So, Josh, somebody took issue with your uh, last week's Tech Talk. (gasps) Say it isn't so. Hey, guys. Josh here calling about episode 410. Uh, At the beginning of the episode, I don't know why you would suggest to remove the quote-unquote restrictive factory airbox and paper element and swap in a piece of exhaust pipe and uh, cone filter to make a hot air intake. Uh, the stock air box is fine. It's not the, the stock air box is not the restriction on a four liter. And you're never going to be able to move enough air anyway, even no matter how good your, your air intake is on the four liter uh, for it to be able to take advantage of that. All you're doing is drawing in heated air and, uh, getting rid of a perfectly serviceable factory part. Uh, and then the serviceable U-joints, I don't uh, – some people like those, but, you know, the stock ones that came on Jeeps from Spicer, they're not serviceable, and they're known to last well over 100,000 miles. So why go to something that you got to service and creates a mess whenever you service it? I don't know. It's personal preference, but I just don't see the point of a, ser- of a serviceable U-joint anymore. Anyway – Y'all have a good one. Talk to you later. Well, obviously, this guy never watched uh, Tim Allen on Tool Time. You, you can always uh, improve. <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of those tips were um, based around not the four liter, but the four cylinder uh, engine, and uh, dealing with some of the the older YJ uh, the YJ crowd. Now, yeah, obviously, the YJs came with both the uh, the inline six as well as the inline four. Uh, but uh, you know, it is a lot of personal preference. And a lot of people will, um, you know, point to uh, a, a lot of flow bench tests and stuff like that that say, well, you know, this paper filter actually performs better than a K&N filter, you know, stuff like that. And, and you know, there's a hundred of those things out there that can go both directions. It really kind of comes from which camp you come from. And of course, what do you want to get out of your Jeep that's going to make you happy? And if doing some a modification because that's all you want to do is tinker on your Jeep that week, that weekend and... I don't know. Maybe that uh, that four uh, that four cylinder Jeep motor that you you have in there. Maybe the the stock airbox is garbage in that. Maybe it's all beat up. Maybe it's cracked. Maybe the top won't stay on. In that sort of case, if you're not getting the sealing on your filter, well, then pretty much anything that you do is going to be an improvement over what you have because you're basically not getting any filtration anyways. So I mean, there's a lot of different ways that you can look at this. It's all about perspective at the end of the day. I gotta agree with him on the uh, the the cold air intake that's inside a extremely hot engine bay. <laughs> I mean that is about the 
biggest, dumbest uh, sale uh, lie that I've ever heard. Uh, taking something and just opening it up to all that uh, that hot air that's inside the, at least it is on my XJ. It gets very hot under that hood. And I suspect that's true of uh, any of the 4.0 engines. Uh, to me, the only way you want to get a cold air into that thing is put a snorkel on the uh, on the intake. The Blackmagic brake pad was born on the racetrack, but exhibits the very unusual trait of outstanding cold bite, which makes it ideal for our Jeeps when we run larger tires and add weight and armor. Larger, heavier tires and wheels require more stopping power. Don't be fooled and don't wait until you're trying to slow that rig down and wish you had spent more time on beefing up your brakes. When they say Jeep brakes, they mean it. Jeep Commander, Liberty, TJ, XJ, ZJ, and of course the entire JK line, just to name a few, Stop! Stop what you're doing right now and go to blackmagicbrakes.com and find out all the products available for your Jeep. That's blackmagicbrakes.com. You know, it feels just like yesterday we were at the uh, showgrounds of SEMA in Las Vegas, Nevada, taking in the sights and smells, oh, the smells, of all the 40-inch tires in attendance. Mm. Extreme Terrain's video host Joe Dick was there too with his video team in tow to select his top three Jeeps to feature in the latest episode of Extreme Terrain's Throttle Out YouTube series. If you haven't already seen this video on YouTube, we've dropped a link in the show description on jeeptalkshow.com for episode 411. Give it a watch and support our show sponsors at extremeterrain.com. From around the world. Or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Ideal boys and girls, it's time for another Jeep Talk Show interview. Tonight, we are going to be talking to Paul. He is the general manager and runs the main facility for AutomotiveTouchUp.com. He has been with the company for almost 15 years. Paul became a Jeep owner about four years ago, and now he can't imagine driving anything else. Ding, 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 Paul. That's uh, exactly right. Visit AutomotiveTouchUp.com if you'd like to know more. So, uh, Paul, thanks very much for joining us here on the show tonight. Thanks for having me. So I was uh, talking to, uh, you know, I actually got to meet uh, Sherry McCullough uh, at uh, SEMA this year. And uh, prior to that meeting at SEMA, she had uh, asked if we could have uh, have you guys on the show. And I'm like, Sherry, we have uh, guest interviews every week. Of course we can have Paul on the show. <laughs> so uh, it was uh, it was great being out there at SEMA. And uh, you and I were talking before, the, uh, before we started recording. <laughs> about all the gladiators that are out there uh yeah. it was uh, it was really something else I, I thought you had an interesting comment about the gladiator well i'm i'm a bit annoyed at seeing all the gladiators that's all <laughs> i would have liked to have seen something besides the gladiator beautiful beautiful uh vehicle but uh uh still it would be nice to see a, a nice variety of of jeeps out there maybe next year it, it won't be this is the big thing now uh is it possible that we might see you guys out uh, at, at sema you know i got a great idea for you you set up a booth at sema and as people walk by to, to gain interest in your automotive touch-up paint like the, the perfume sprayers do you just spray people with paint as they walk by yeah, I don't think that would go over. <laughs> We'd probably, yeah, they'd have they'd they'd have us out of there pretty quick. They'd, uh, they'd say, you know, this is beautiful paint. Thank you, thank you for coloring me yellow or black or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I I think we'd be kicked out pretty quick. Yeah, but it'd be noteworthy. You'd get your name in the paper. So, we would get our name in the paper for sure. <laughs> so, um, uh, tell us about the automotive touch-up paint. I, I think a lot of people. 
uh, when they think of touch-up paint, uh, they, they think of the, the one, uh, and, I, and I'm brain farting on the, the one name brand that you see in all the auto parts stores and stuff. Probably, it's probably Duplicolor. Duplicolor, thank you. Duplicolor, yeah, Duplicolor is kind of a, a big line, but uh, yeah, they're the probably the most prominent retail line. Mm-hmm. And I guess the only problem with Duplicolor is that they can only offer so many different makes and uh, manufacturers and only so many colors per manufacturer. So they, they're really limited in what they're able to, you know, actually provide for people. Right. And, and actually, you're leading into exactly what I was going to ask. How are you guys different from them and maybe some other manufacturers that do the same thing? Well, we can provide any manufacturer's paint and any color going back as far as, uh, I don't know the exact year, but I'd say probably uh, mid-30s. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So how long- not that there were a lot of colors back then, but thankfully we can, we can go back that far. Probably. Yeah. yeah, thankfully, yeah. What was it? Uh, you can have any any color you want as long as it's black. Henry Ford or something said that. Yeah, I think in the late '30s uh, they introduced a few other colors, but they were also either extremely dark blue or uh, an extremely dark green, or maybe like one white. And there was no sil- there, You know, there was nothing metallic, nothing silver, nothing like that, but. Everything was some variation on a very dark black, or it was white, and that was it. That's amazing. So, um, how long have you guys been around? I would assume longer than the 15 years you've been with them. Yes. So, I've been with the company for 15 years. Uh, The company's been in business uh, 17 years, almost 18, I think. It's getting pretty close. Um, It started as uh, sort of a local supply for touch-up products to... uh, you know, some local businesses, detailers, uh, basically um, the kind of shops that would uh, supply to body shops, but would have a lot of walk-ins and things like that. And that wanted touch-up paints for smaller applications. And it started that way. And then it kind of built into something a little more. And it uh, started to build into like just doing custom aerosols. And at this point, this company was no more than two or three people. And uh, it was two or three aerosols uh, here and there. And it started small, slowly built up, um, found its way finally into a website. And, you know, like most websites, it's uh, slow going at first. And uh, before you know it, you you know, you build a little market share, you build a little more market share. And uh, eventually, you know, one night you wake up and you come in and... You can't believe what your eyes are <laughs> showing you. <laughs> yeah. Your orders have exploded, and now you have the best problem possible. Yeah, yeah, I can imagine. And you've been there for most of this most, most of this building then, too. Yeah, I kind of I kind of came into it right after the uh, explosion. And uh, so as soon as this business kind of exploded into a, a, a bigger um, operation, then you know, I was kind of the first person that came in uh, to help because, like I said, it was basically a three-person operation, and then I came into it, and and it's just grown and grown since. That's wonderful. That's got to be a, a wonderful feeling, and you have to know that you're you're part of that growth because uh, you've been there uh, for that long. Yeah, absolutely. So um, now, the thing I've always wondered about uh, in in a place that does paints. Uh, how do you do your job day in and day out and not get high from the fumes? Uh, <laughs> I don't know how to answer that, actually. I'm That's just coming tough, down. I don't a, know. It's a, well, it's a tough one to answer. One one thing is uh, 
all of our mixing rooms are uh, extremely well ventilated. They're, you know, oh, that's no out- fun. <laughs> they're outfitted let me put it this way they're outfitted with erv systems so that fresh air comes in and uh from outside pumped in you know 24 7 and it's also being pumped out dirty air from the other side of the room now that doesn't stop people from stopping by and saying "Ooh, you know (laughs) The same quote every time. Oh, I can't believe you guys aren't high in here. And I'm like, I don't. And, you know, my usual response is I can't even smell it. So I'm. I'm oh, yeah, that's true. Because the brain will mask yeah. the uh, the odors after a while. Um, yeah, I, I, don't, I don't notice it so much. Have you noticed you're a happier person after you go to work all day? Um, well, it still works. So I'm not going to uh, answer that question. <laughs> so uh, let me ask you if. Uh, uh, again, there's other other people out there doing the the automotive touch up paints, and you guys can mix specific ones. How do you or, or do you actually handle matching paints? Like, say you got a, a 20 year old uh, red uh, Jeep Cherokee, and you know, of course, the paint has faded since then, and you want to do yeah. some touch up. Is that that's, something that you guys handle as far as you know matching uh, it? Well, the, that's a that's a difficulty, right? So, I mean. Because we're an internet-based business, and because we're shipping our paint all across the country, it's not like we can be there with you. So, really, uh, our specialty is just OEM colors. Okay, so, good. Yeah, whatever it was when it came off the line, that's what our color is going to be. Um, we do uh, we do guarantee uh, our color matches, and if it's a, too light, too dark, we'll work with a customer do everything we can to, you know, get it right for them. And if we can't, then, uh, you know, we'll give them a refund on it. If we just feel like we just absolutely cannot, uh, you know, achieve what we wanted to do. Excellent. Yeah, I just want to give the expectation of uh, what people were looking for. But I think just getting the uh, the paint that the, the factory uh, put on the vehicle to start with is a, is a major thing because you have to give, have a good place to start from. Yeah. So how do you guys make sure that you have the right color? Because uh, do you guys mix everything, or do you have some things already ready? Uh, we we used to stock a lot of colors, and we still do. And basically, we just keep uh, the most important and the most popular colors for each manufacturer. I mean, we keep a decent amount of those on hand, pre-mixed, uh, like most paint businesses, body shop businesses, a lot of these types of businesses. You know, in the summer, it's, you know, it's kind of an explosion. A lot of people are painting cars in the summer and the heat, things like that. In the winter, you don't get really good results with base coats. You don't get really good results with lacquers or urethanes and things like that. So it's it's best to do it in certain times of the year. So we have probably a two and a half month lull where we can uh, kind of stock up on things like that. Gotcha. So, um, what would you think? What, what if you could tell somebody something about the paint, about ordering the paint or using the paint? Or what is the, the the main thing that people really don't get about this? I think you may have mentioned something just now about the time of year and the the temperature in which you're painting. But is there other some other little nuance that you need to know well, about? I think that's a little one. The big one is that. Um, this is basically a, it's a really good method to pres- you know, prevent somebody from having to go to the body shop. Okay. So if you go to the body shop and they quote your, you know, your repair for, you know, $800 or whatever it is. And obviously sometimes it's going to be way more than that. It just depends on the, you know, the, the damage itself. But 
you can spend 30 or 40 with us first. You can go ahead and ask us for advice on how to make that repair yourself. And there's a really, really good chance that you won't have to go to the body shop. You won't have to get a high quote. You'll be able to do this on your own for, you know, less than $100 and, you know, have the pride that you did it yourself, the knowledge that you can do it again and still save money. And that's really, you know, how we position ourselves. We position ourselves as a cost-effective alternative to a body shop, give people the opportunity to do this themselves. Absolutely. And, and you're absolutely right. Once you've gained that knowledge, uh, then you can say, you know, whenever somebody says, yeah, I had the body shop do this for 1500 you go, I could have done that for 100 So absolutely, knowledge yeah. is, is wonderful and experience is wonderful like that. Um, so um, whenever, you're, uh, whenever you're painting uh, a, a vehicle or a damage, sometimes the, the, the parts that you're painting aren't uh, stiff metal. They can be uh, more of a uh, plastic or, or re- even rubber nature where they're flexible. Yep. Do you guys yep. handle the, the different type paints that allow that uh, paint to flex with the uh, material? Yeah, the best, uh, the best option for us, and the best option for customers is that they, in, in cases of plastic especially, is that they just let us know that it is plastic so that, and we offer a plastic parts adhesion promoter, so it will uh, help uh, base coats and primers adhere to it a little better. But even more important is that uh, when they call for orders like that or they place an order like that, they can place in the order notes that they'd like a flex additive or a flex agent added to the paint. And we can add some so that it'll, you know, it'll give it a little more flexibility. Paint's less likely, less likely to cla- crack or, you know, have any uh, issues due to weather. Right. So uh, now, I, 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 Sherry actually sent me a picture of you in front of your your black Jeep, which is of course the wrong color, as I, I mentioned of to you before course, the interview. Yes, um, of course, it's the wrong color. <laughs> well, well, black's a very hard color to uh, to touch up, isn't it? No, not really. Not with that. Uh, not with that Jeep color. the The most common Jeep color is uh, PX8, and that's uh, that's a really really simple one. It's uh, it's not hard. No, the the only problem with a black car is that the scratches just show. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's easier to see the damage. Now, as far as fixing the damage, I've never found that to be the problem. It's just that you know you fix the damage, you drive six blocks, you get out of your car, and you're like, damn it, because you see it already. <laughs> it's already there's already something on your car. You know, yeah. and you didn't even yeah, you know, it wasn't there before. Now I don't know uh, if they uh, if they actually paint the the uh, plastic fender flares on the JKs or JQUs. I don't think they do. No, uh, they don't. But uh, there is a, a fading issue, like on the XJs and the TJs, where the right. the, the the those uh, fender flares, those plastic fender flares, will get gray over time. Do you? Yeah. It, it's always a pain in the ass to try to fix those things to make them look nice and new again. Do you guys have anything, any touch up uh, with the plastic uh, type? Uh, additive that would uh, that would work on something like that nothing that i can think of off the top of my head we do have a black satin uh we do carry a black satin um product but it's really meant for trim and things like that Mm -hmm. now could it work for that yeah of course it could and we carry a black uh primer and it would probably work for it too but I probably would say that it wouldn't give you the result 100% that you would be looking for. Gotcha. Just, honest, just honestly, yeah. Yeah, no, so I was hoping to just uh, 
increase your business a hundredfold because <laughs> no, people are always think, looking for no, that magic you know thing I think to do what, <laughs> i think what everyone should do is just uh go ahead and order some stainless uh some stainless ones tonight and then go to our website automotivetouchup.com and order the paint to match it there you, so go. There you go metal's always better than the, the plastic that's, anyway that's right there that solves that problem <laughs> so um uh, give us a run through you you just go to the website and uh put in your paint code how do you get the paint code i, there, I know there's some people out there that don't even know what their well, paint code yeah. is some people can find it on their own because you know they'll know where it is and uh you know there's there's several tags inside of a vehicle you know there's uh you've got your tag uh obviously imprinted with your vin number but if you look inside of your uh door jam or inside of uh your tailgate or inside of your glove box most cars will have a tag in there sometimes they're metal sometimes they are imprinted it just depends on who the manufacturer is i mean someone like toyota it'll just be a sticker you know but um our website really makes that a little easier for people they can go to automotivetouchup.com and they can go to the uh section we have to find their color code and they can go ahead and uh select their manufacturer select the model and it will tell them the locations that oh, are most right yes you know, it'll tell them the locations to find it and on uh almost every single page in there there'll be an example of what that tag looks exactly like and we'll have it highlighted where the actual paint code is. Excellent. Great. So once they get the paint code, then, then they go about ordering it. Um, yeah. What, uh, how, what, how, do your, oh, how do your paints come? Do you have like little touch-up uh, brush type things, spray cans, yeah, yeah, we, uh, gallons? So, yeah. So we do, uh, we do paint pens. We do uh, half-ounce bottles, two-ounce bottles, aerosol products. We do... Um, basically a ready to spray so anything that would work with a spray gun and a compressor um pints quarts gallons Excellent. all of those uh will have primers clear coats in some cases colored primers in some cases just gray simple gray um in some of these cases we'll also have urethane clears and acrylics so you'll be able to make a choice there um all of our paints formulated properly to work with acrylic uh, lacquer or urethane, so it won't really matter. You can just choose the one you uh, you know want the most. Excellent. Well, you know, I'm gonna have to hit you guys up for an order because uh, uh, I'm I'm always doing little touch ups and stuff like. Uh, and people hate me. That's fine. My uh, my D rings that I have on my front and rear bumpers, I like them to be the same color red that my jeep is it's just a nice match you know and uh, you right. you use them that flakes off so you gotta you know hit them again every so often so this would be a perfect situation for me to get some uh uh some red uh i, don't, I forget what it is now the the paint code uh but uh it, like if i was going to get a quart of that stuff and i've got an air compressor i just need to get a gun it, to, uh, to shoot on it, that it's solid colored yeah well yeah uh, it's it's uh well, no I, actually I guess it was because it's uh, it was all red I think PR PR four comes to mind but I think yep, that's wrong it, yeah, it is, is that right that's okay what it is. yeah it's PR four yeah, yeah so uh and uh, uh it would be wonderful to have uh, have some of that paint because I wind up going down to the local auto parts store and spending like eight bucks for this little bitty uh, dinky can that doesn't last very long. Right. Uh, it'd be great to have a like a quarter of that stuff. Now, if I, if I got a quarter of it and I was just doing touch ups every so often, uh, how long would I expect that paint to last? Well, if you bought a quart from us, it's going to be pre reduced so that it can be used with a spray gun. Uh -huh. 
So it's going to be a little thin, probably, to be used with a brush. So I would suggest that that's not necessarily your best move. Your best move is just to buy a two-ounce bottle. And a two-ounce bottle, if you were just doing brush applications on really small uh, spots, uh, it could last, wow. I mean, as long as you close it properly, it could last uh, years, Excellent. probably. No, I, was, uh, I have a compressor. I was actually going to get a little spray gun to actually do the oh, spraying. Yeah. So, oh well, the pot life in a can that could be that could be years. Yeah, probably. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. So, I can't say for sure, but probably at least uh, three to four. Yeah. So if uh, yeah, three to four would be great. So uh, yeah, for a quart can, give me an idea, uh, a ballpark price on what that would be, and our, our listeners will be able to have a good idea of what to what to expect. So a quart of our color, it's actually uh, one oh eight oh two. And a quart would last a pretty long time if all you're doing was painting D-rings and doing touch-ups, right? I mean, spray-on yeah, touch-ups. Yeah, the pot life of a quart of a, like a standard base coat color, it's going to last probably three to four years. Um, basically, I mean, most of these colors, they're going to last several years at least. It's the only things like Waterborne and some of the newer stuff out there that's you know, has a much shorter uh, shelf life. Right. Now, if, if the if the person didn't have a compressor and didn't want to buy a gun or whatever, and they just want to get in a spray can, you guys do have yeah. the spray cans as well, right? Yeah, and I think uh, with, a, with a, just a little bit of practice, uh, most people can get a really great result out of a spray can. I've sprayed entire panels with spray cans before. Um, I had, uh, we had a guy, I'm going to say it was about uh, six years ago, maybe a little longer, and uh, he did his entire old Volvo in spray cans. He probably placed <laughs> about he probably placed about 30 or 40 orders, and he, he just kept ordering four or five cans at a time, and he finally finished the whole job, and it looked really good. So. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you, if you prep and you take your time, uh, sure. you, can, you can really do a wonderful job. Uh, yeah, I like my, uh, my grandfather, uh, he... Uh, he had an old, uh, I'm trying to think what it was, like a, a 76 Ford and uh, pickup, and he painted it with a paintbrush and some uh, some bare, blue bare paint that he got at Home Depot. So he, uh, if he could make that look pretty good, then uh, trust me, you can pull it <laughs> off with this. Do you guys ever get uh, camo orders where, or maybe you have a camo kit for the, the hunters and stuff? No, no, we haven't had anything like that. But uh, and it's something we'd like to have. But we are—I uh, guess—we're a little too busy with just uh, trying to fill, you know, <laughs> what we actually do. So yeah, just throwing stuff out yeah. there. I don't know uh, what what that, no, no, what special you may have. I, I would think that would be a great thing to get into. Where yeah, it's even, it's a good idea. It's just that uh, we've probably only been asked about it a few times ever. So. Yeah, well, you got to do what the uh, what the the customers want. Right. So you guys, uh, you guys can. Uh, uh, I guess you could do gallons. You could do spray cans. You got. You do the little. I forget what you called it, but the little touch-up things with a brush. So you guys really yep. cover the entire gamut of uh, what anybody would need to, to keep the paint on their uh, Jeep looking good. Sure. Safety supplies. Anything else you need? Respirators. Uh, let's see. Uh, dust mask, gloves, safety glasses, anything to clean up uh, for prep uh, purposes, prep solvents, prep oh, wipes. Oh, wow. that's great. Tack, tack cloths, sandpapers, uh, rubbing compounds, hand glaze, anything you can eat. 
That's wonderful. So uh, I know we haven't mentioned it uh, much, uh, joke, joke, uh, but if you go over to AutomotiveTouchUp.com, uh, you can look and see everything that they have available there. Now, uh, I, I know that you guys have some social media stuff. Uh, maybe some some folks would like to, to have a look at uh, what's going on uh, uh, visually before they, uh, before they visit or before they order. Uh, where can people go to uh, the social media things that you guys have? Uh, we're on Instagram. They can just look us up at Automotive Touch-Up, uh, one word. Uh, same thing on uh, Facebook. Just look us up, one word, Automotive Touch-Up. And if people uh, want to see some how-to videos before they uh, you know, kind of take the dive into doing something themselves like this, they can go ahead to our YouTube channel. Again, one word, Automotive Touch-Up. Um, we have a lot of, they're, they're pretty short, but they give uh, a lot of really good tips on how to actually do some of the application work. Excellent. That's great. I'm glad you guys have a YouTube channel. That really helps out uh, folks, uh, uh, you know, making the jump to say, you know, I think I can do this. And of course you can. Uh, all you have to do is just take your time and, and prep work is so important with paint. Uh, you got to get, get the surface right. Yes, first. absolutely. That's number one. So, uh, now I was told, uh, and I don't know if this is true or not, don't let me uh, push you into anything, but I, I heard yeah. that you may have a little something for our listeners. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, let's see. <laughs> what can I come up with? I'm on the spot. <laughs> no, no, I, I know I said something ahead of time. So, yeah, we can go ahead and provide a whole uh, touch-up kit with uh, base coat, clear coat, primer, and... Uh, We'll probably throw in something else in there, too. You know, that's the essentials that will definitely be in the box, but then there'll be some extras thrown in as well. Wow, and, um, that's great. So, so, yeah, so just, a, a lucky winner can actually try this thing out and uh, without having to spend any money. So that's a, that's always a great thing. Yeah, and I got to say, I I had uh, I say this is definitely a good idea for anybody doing any look. If you're doing off-roading, this is this is a good option for you. Buy a few cans of paint. Buy a few cans of clear. Keep it in a box in the garage, okay? Once in a while, you might need it, okay? Absolutely. So it's, it's a good idea, and you won't have to worry about anything. Yep. Uh, so what we do whenever we do a giveaway, and thank you very much for doing the giveaway for our listeners. What we sure. do is we ha have people call in uh, on our voicemail line, and we like to have them say a, a phrase. You know, the, the radio uh, disc jockey would say the phrase that pays. Right, right. So they have to be a certain caller, and then they have to say this phrase exactly. So let's start with the caller number. If you would, pick a number between 1 and 10, and that will be the caller number they need to be in our voicemail. Uh, let's go with 9. All right. Caller number 9, and uh, maybe you guys have a, 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 a line or something that you guys use, a, a tagline that you guys use, or really anything that you'd like to have them say uh, for uh, the, the, the catchphrase, the, the, the phrase that pays. Tony, I don't remember what I submitted, actually. No, oh, I do remember. It's uh, automotivetouchup.com is the best. Oh, well, that makes sense. <laughs> they, should, they should say it with like an exclamation point. Of course. So, Obviously. So, uh, and, and give us a rundown on what the, the, what the kit is again. Uh, it'll be uh, a two-ounce bottle of uh, base coat color, a uh, two-ounce bottle of clear, a two-ounce bottle of primer, and... And I'll just throw in some other of like uh, sorted stuff, probably some sandpaper and some prep wipes and things like that. So what we'll need to do, uh, I guess, is the, the winner will need to give us a paint coat or something to. Yeah, they should supply you with a paint coat, and uh, you can just uh, email that over to me, and I'll make sure to you know. And obviously, their address and everything oh, else. Oh, of course, will be yeah. 
very uh, helpful so that we don't just send it to nobody. <laughs> we'll send and, it out uh, there to the ether. And, <laughs> yeah, and we'll, and we'll get it out to them. You must be 18 years of age or older. Your mailing address must be in the continental United States. You may only call in once per giveaway. Any required word or phrase must be said exactly and completely the first time. Your call must include your caller ID. One chance to win per individual per giveaway. All these rules must be followed unless otherwise stated. Failure to follow these rules will disqualify you from being eligible for the giveaway. We will contact you with a text message at the number you called from. Good luck, Jeeper. So you need to be caller number nine, and then you got to number nine. And you remember, you have to say this, and you have to say it exactly. AutomotiveTouchUp.com yeah. is the best. So yes. I can't tell you how many people yeah. have have just been blown out of the contest <laughs> by not saying the phrase properly. So make sure that you you write that down before you call in, and uh, then oh, you'll get this great kit, and uh, we'll collect your your address and the paint code that you want. And uh, what a wonderful thing uh, to to have because everybody that has a Jeep has at some point has to have some touch up. You know, there's some yeah. point that your your girlfriend yeah. or your your spouse or something won't ride in that rust bucket uh, and you want to touch it up so it looks nice <laughs> so that you can be out and be seen in your Jeep. <laughs> when they when they say it if it's kind of quiet just tell them, you know, more intensity. Oh, okay. So they they have to have the intensity too. If they don't have the more, intensity, yes. we're skipping them. <laughs> more more intensity. Yes. <laughs> so basically if it was a color, it would be red. Is what you're saying. Yeah, sure. <laughs> All right. The, the, the correct the correct color for a Jeep, obviously. Uh, it is. It right? very much yeah. is. And I, I'm glad that you're coming around to my way of thinking. That's Well, I just found it out today. So, <laughs> so Paul, I want to thank you a lot for being on our show tonight. And we'll have to have you back really soon. And, again, thank you for the giveaway. Uh, we will be in contact with you uh, when, uh, when we have a winner. And uh, well, just appreciate it, and uh, expect to be seeing an order from me because I'm going to get some of that PR four from you. All right, thanks, Tony. All right, thank you. That big thanks again goes out to Paul Hernandez for taking the time to talk about automotive touch-up paint and how we can use them to make our Jeeps look better. Hey, do you have an idea for a guest? Do you work in the off-road industry, or maybe know somebody who does? Maybe you would just like to be a guest on the Jeep Talk Show to tell your own Jeep story. Everybody's got one. We want to hear yours. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest, just like JJ and Nicholas did recently. Thanks, guys, for your suggestions, and thanks for listening. Hey, coming up next week, Eric from Tuffy Products will be with us to tell us what's new in the world of lockable Jeep storage solutions. Josh, I don't know if you saw the uh, the thing I put on social media. Uh, I think it was Tuesday or Monday. Maybe it was Tuesday at uh, SEMA. They actually showed me a lockable storage system for the Jeep Gladiator. It fits uh, on the uh, the inside of the bed. So if you, Ooh. you know, the Dodge Ram trucks that have yeah. that built in, you can buy that from Tuffy to put in the Gladiator. Man, it was sharp. It was so cool. And, uh, and thanks to uh, McCullough PR and Tuffy, I got to see it before it was revealed at SEMA. Ooh, yeah. that is cool right there. And a bonus was I uh, I got to meet Eric, uh, actually meet him and shake his hand, the guy that we're going to have on next week. So that's pretty cool, too. Uh, look at me getting out there and doing stuff and meeting people. Who would have no. thought? Who would have thought it? <laughs> From the mind of Nikki G. This portion of Nikki G brought to you by Butter Knives. Need a makeshift screwdriver, spatula, and pry bar, try a butter knife. Or if you're here in the south, it's called a booter knife. I'm sorry to announce that Nicky G will not be hearing tonight. We require him for further study. On second thought, you can have Nicky G back. Never before have we found a human 
have just enjoyed the probing so much. We find it quite unnerving. Uh, where can we deliver him? We will we'll meet you halfway, or, or we will bring him to you. Hey, green dude, get back here. You ain't done yet. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Jeep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Now, this is actually going to come in kind of handy in uh, the Tech Talk segment for uh, both this show and next week's show as well. Uh, Nobody- Josh, let me interrupt. This isn't an Amazon product, right? No. Oh, no, actually okay. it's not. Okay, proceed right. ahead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is actually, um, uh, the link that we're going to have in the show notes for this episode is actually from our show sponsor, Extreme Terrain. Uh, so you guys can actually hook this up and support one of our sponsors. Nobody likes sagging or flapping soft tops. We're talking about soft tops in this episode, so (laughs) why not do something about it before the snow and the rainfall this year ends up falling through your Jeep top? Whether you want to face it or not, your Jeep soft top is going to be prone to sagging when it accumulates water from heavy rains or excessive snowfall, especially if it's been around for a little while. Those tops, after time, they start to sag and uh, stretch out a little bit. Letting this go on for too long will result in leaks, fading, or worse, a complete failure of the top itself allowing whatever is on the top or falling from the sky to fall right into your Jeep. That is, if you don't have this installed. It's the Omics ADA soft front, soft top front crossbow set. And no, this doesn't shoot arrows. <laughs> Apart from preventing sagging of the top's material and making sure that water simply rolls off instead of cooling up on your top, this crossbow kit also prevents the soft top from flapping while driving down the road or in heavy winds. This is especially valuable during high-speed driving, resulting in a substantially quieter driving experience whether you're in the city or out on the trails. Omics ADA crafted this front crossbow set from high-quality materials to ensure its superior durability and strength. You can count on it to hold up your Jeep soft top for years without bending or cracking. This front crossbow set comes with all the hardware you need for an easy and straightforward installation. It requires simple hand tools for installation, which can be completed in less than an hour comes with a five-year limited warranty as well. This is the Omix ADA Wrangler Soft Top Front Crossbow Set at just $57.59. This is a particular one is for the 97 to 2006 Jeep Wrangler TJ. And uh, yeah, this is uh, definitely something you'll want to get for your soft top. Well, it'd be really important uh, with a with a lot of heavy rain or, like you say, snow. Um, yeah, and I would it, imagine ice, especially if it's if it's rainy and you get ice. Ice gets really heavy. Oh, that ice rain is extremely yeah. heavy. So yeah, if you're in an area like I am, which is prone to ice rain, then uh, then in freezing rain and stuff, yeah, this is definitely something you want to add on your short list. And for for you know as little of, of a cost as this is for the peace of mind and and of course. For the amount of, of that's going to silence your ride and quiet things down on the road, I almost wouldn't care how much it costs for that kind of uh, that kind of an effect. So, uh, yeah, we will. Um, now that you must have uh, one of these front crossbow sets for the front of your own Jeep stop, we'll make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 411 and get one for your very self. So the uh, NX Trek top that we got from Best Top for the uh, the TJ. Uh, mm-hmm. came with a, a bar that goes across oh nice you know like for this but we you know we don't really get snow or uh heavy ice or anything like that and 
and because the trek top lets you flip the 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 top back from you know for the passenger and driver's thing mm-hmm. it's it's got this bar kind of in the way it blocks your view so i, I we didn't install that I, I mean i installed it and i said what the hell and i took that out and mm. and now when you're driving down the road especially like on highway it's yeah. it's really weird because if the wind shifts or something you get this base effect like oh yeah 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 <laughs> you know what you're talking about yeah because the, the air pressure inside the cab is literally changing you're getting some expansion and contraction of that top and and yeah the air pressure is <laughs> literally cha- you're like inside of a speaker cabinet you don't hear it but you can feel it and you go what uh-huh. the hell was that and then you I look like, and you go oh it's the top. in your ear yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty cool though one man is with this guy who is he one mission who are we talking about who is this guy who are you one model of jeep what is this the wrangler are you calling bill it's wrangler talk with bill hello jts listener and welcome to this week's wrangler talk So I know I said we were going to be talking about steering systems, but I'm going to push that off for this week and talk about another topic. So this week's Wrangler talk is going to be about tire balancing and specifically balancing beads. Well, I know you just spent all that money on cool wheels for your rig, and now you don't want to have to put those ugly wheel weights on the bead of your wheel. Well, the next option is balancing beads. And balancing beads are tiny plastic beads that you put inside your tire. And I'm not talking about airsoft plastic pellets. Yes, I know people used the airsoft pellets as balancing beads, but I'm specifically talking about the balancing bead kits. I do not recommend using the airsoft pellets because they have tend to have a larger diameter than the plastic beads that are sold in the balancing bead kits. And the smaller beads allow for more accurate distribution of the beads inside the tire, meaning that the weight would be more specifically point, pinpointed inside the actual wheel. So first, why would you want to use balance a balancing bead kit? Well, when I start when you start to increase the size of your tire, they tend to need more weight to balance the tire. And balancing beads allow for more weight to be added to the inside of the tire and also better balancing of the tire overall. Secondly, when it comes to balancing weights, they do tend to have a tendency to fall off when we're off-roading. And with balancing beads, you never have to worry about them ever falling off or coming off when we're out wheeling out on the trail and then getting back onto the road and your tire balance is all thrown off. And another great benefit of the balancing beads is that they automatically rebalance the tire every time you stop and start again. And finally, they are great for tires that have a more aggressive tread on them like our mud terrains that we like using when we're off-road. So let's go into how they work. And okay, let's picture the inside of the tire at rest. All the balancing beads are resting at the bottom of the tire. Then we start to travel forward, and with the rotation of the tire, these beads are forced outwards and start sticking to the wall of the tire. When the tire rotates forward, small vibrations begin to start in the tire as well. And these vibrations are actually caused by heavy spots in the tire. So, as the tire begins to rotate, the beads begin to spread out evenly over the wall of the tire. And the the beads are forced against the wall of the tire by centrifugal 
force, which is the same force that is used in that fun amusement ride that where you lay against the wall and you feel like you can't get off and it spins really fast. Yeah, so that's besides the point. As the beads start to evenly distribute around the tire, they start to fall into the light spots in the tire. So the heavy spots cause the vibration and as this weight begins to move to the light spots of the tire, it counteracts that vibration. And when I say it, they fall into the light spots of the tire, I mean every light spot possible because they all have the ability to spread out more evenly around the tire. And when the balancing beads begin to fall into these light spots, the tire begins to balance itself. So let's get into some of the questions that you might have. And some people might ask me, well, how long does it take for this to happen? Well, the process really doesn't take effect for the balancing beads until the tire starts to spin at about 30 miles an hour. Before 30 miles per hour, the tire vibrations are not that strong and tend not to be felt inside the vehicle unless the tire's really out of balance. As the tire reaches 30 miles an hour, the forces acting on the tire begin to hold the balancing beads against the wall and the tire begins to balance itself and they work their magic. I personally use balancing beads in my tires and I absolutely love them. So they definitely do work. So another question I get asked a lot is how much should I put in my tire? And my answer to that is check with the tire balancing bead manufacturer. Each manufacturer has a different specification and amounts that you should put into your tire. So if you follow the manufacturer's recommendation, you should be absolutely okay. And finally, the last question that I get asked the most is when I air down my tire, do they come out or do the beads, you know, come out of the valve stem? And the answer to that is no. Usually the manufacturer will supply you with another specific valve stem that is made for these tire beads and it has a little knob at the end that actually holds the beads inside the tire. However, your tire should be upright at all times on the vehicle and all the beads are going to be laying at the bottom of the tire, not anywhere near the valve stem and they should not be able to be sucked out the hole. So I would recommend going online and buying an actual balancing bead kit and use them for yourself. They work absolutely awesome. I love them. If you don't, you might have had a bad experience with them. Yeah, I understand. However, I do not recommend using airsoft gun pellets to get the same effect. Yes, they may work for some people, but I would hate to see them not work for you. So thank you for listening to this week's Wrangler Talk. And remember, if you have any questions about anything you heard on this episode, or if you want to get to if you want to know something specific about Wranglers in general, send us an email or leave us a voice message on our website at jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. And remember to join us next week where we will actually be talking about steering. Hey, coming up in a few minutes, we're going to hear a little bit about some events that are happening in your hometown and around the nation in Wheeling Wear. Oh, it's nipply over there, and it's nipply over here, man. It's, it's time to such, start a fire. Yes. I'd love to go camping and have a nice big fire uh, this time of year. The wife would hate it because she'd be just freezing. But Oh, yeah. This is, I love going out and doing it now. You know, no, I don't, fall camping is great. I don't sweat as much during this time of year.
<laughs> no, this is my favorite time of year just for that reason. Yeah. <laughs> Anything over about 82 degrees and I am just absolutely uncomfortable. Well, Tony, I saw a Jeep in traffic this week and there's really just no words. Okay, may- maybe there's a few like <laughs> ghetto or redneck or the fuck did I just see? <laughs> this was a very special JK and and special not like uh you know special K but more like special like short bus special. Yes. Um with the most unique top I have ever seen. Now, first let me describe this this black very beat up JK. It was probably uh it was definitely no newer than I'd say 2012-2013. Um it looks like it probably had a half a million miles on it. No joke. Uh they were going for what I was assuming was a low center of gravity build. Because the the whole all the fenders and everything had been um, very uniquely relocated up higher <laughs> on the vehicle, um, and using what appeared to be the stock suspension and absolutely no sway control whatsoever, it had larger tires on it, which barely cleared the wheel wells. So this thing was sort of floating down the road, but that wasn't the unique part of it, nor was the I'm going to guess rattle can paint job that was on oh, it. Yeah. Uh, Oh boy. About the only thing that they didn't paint was the Rubicon on the hood. That was still left alone. So there was like all this weird oh, black no. paint all over everything. But then there was like this spot where they had masked off the Rubicon and just left that alone and still glossy and shiny. Very weird. That's still not the best part. The best part was it looks like they had created, fabricated, if you will, their own custom top out of plywood and duct tape and bondo and chicken wire i'm not joking this was the most hideous construction i have ever seen and it was so chunky and clunky the lines didn't match nothing seemed upright uh it it looked like this thing would leak if if anybody just you know, kind of missed it with a pr- improper pronunciation next to it or something like that. Th- this top had chicken wire for windows that then had some sort of clear fabric. I'm guessing like a visqueen or something like that over the top of that. That was then duct taped in place. And all of that would then had some sort of like, I-, I don't know, urethane or Bondo type of bonding cover to it that actually molded it in with the rest of the top, if you will. Um, that again was made out of like, I don't know, three quarter inch plywood. It looked very thick, way too thick and very ugly, all kind of pieced and scrapped together. There wasn't a, a, a perfect angle or seam on this thing. I've never seen anything like it. And I, I just, I was boggled. Look, I've seen some very unique modifications and some interesting ways that people have customized their Jeeps. Now, you know, I understand that, you know, not everybody has a whole bunch of money to throw at a Jeep build. And so if you can get out there by any means necessary, more power to you. If you're out there and you're enjoying your Jeep, that is awesome. But if you do something like this, oh boy, I don't even know where to begin. Josh, all I can say is sometimes the myth doesn't add up. You're right. No, 100%. (laughs) (laughs) I got the similar impression. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you get really excited. You just got, you know, you got all this energy, this burst of energy. You just want to do something and look at all this stuff laying around the yard. 
and uh, the neighbor's uh, mobile home, and uh, <laughs> pretty soon you get you a. Uh, I, you know the oh, thing I, I hate most about that is what you said, Rubicon. Can you can you imagine trashing a Rubicon like that? I no, mean, I honestly, that's an expensive I honestly vehicle. Um, well, what's the, what's the, uh, the, the commercial for the stuff? The guy um, uh, uh, sprays a, a screen door on the bottom of a rowboat. Oh, and takes they were at SEMA, man. Flex, they, yeah, Flex Seal. Flex Seal, exactly. That's what, that's what this, th- it was like. They made the top out of Flex Seal. Well, I, I've black. never seen anything like it. It was <laughs> absolutely hideous. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was fun. The Flex Seal was giving away uh, Flex Seal glue, and nobody was taking it. <laughs> they were just come on we're not going to well, talk to you we're not no hard sell and they oh you know i should, probably should have gotten a picture they had the boat there with the screen door oh. at sema <laughs> i don't know if it was the boat but it was a boat with a screen door as a bottom that so. probably was the boat it probably yeah. was <laughs> so uh yeah speaking of sema uh <laughs> if i haven't already uh mentioned the gladiator oh my god every Which one every damn booth out there had a gladiator in it and uh it was neat because i hadn't really seen many of them around here so you travel to las vegas and you see a, a buttload of them i mean everybody had a gladiator in fact That's awesome in fact i was gonna i was gonna mention uh if i haven't already that if you've uh if your gladiator's on back order uh it's probably because everybody bought one to take to sema <laughs> so now the seam is over you might actually you might even be able to pick up some nice uh, custom uh used ones uh but uh yeah they're they're, they're gorgeous uh really nice uh, uh i mean uh even um uh high lift had uh had one in their um and their little area and uh they have a really nice high lift jack that goes in that uh inside the bed which i thought was really cool uh, so, uh, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, SEMA was a lot of fun. Uh, I, I need a spacesuit, Josh. Uh, <laughs> it, I, I need something that has its own AC because I don't know about you, but if I get that hot and it, you know, it wasn't hot at SEMA, it was in the seventies oh. and, and it was air conditioned inside there with 130,000 people. Uh, but still uh, it was air conditioned in there and I was just sweating like a pig and I was having a hard time with my energy levels because I just felt really no energy because i was so hot but yeah uh, i get that way too when i'm um emceeing or dj well, i don't dj events anymore but uh but uh this last year i emceed an event and it was pretty hot and i gotta tell you i i, I gotta take regular breaks and 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 get into the shade and rehydrate and all that sort of stuff i can relate when you the temperature when the temperature uh, comes up and those degrees rise uh, it does take it a lot, take a lot out of you. And you can well imagine there's no place to sit at SEMA because if, even if there was, uh, there's not enough uh, places for 130,000 people. And uh, so those, those chairs would be taken up, but you know, God bless SEMA. If you're in there as media, which the Jeep talk show was, they had a media center set up and Ooh. they had, uh, desks that you could work from. I mean, uh, not desk desks, but like, uh, uh, tables uh, with internet Ooh, workstations. Yeah. 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 With, uh, uh, internet and all kinds of stuff set up for you. And uh, in, in fact, they even had fresh baked cookies, tea, no. coffee, yep, M&Ms, candies, all kinds of things. My <laughs> wife trying to impress. <laughs> yeah, my, my wife is like, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah, said, that's great. I'm Tony. It'd be happy that you're married to me. Yeah. So, right. <laughs> so we got to go in there and sit down. And oh, that was the other big thing is that whenever I went in there to get my, uh, my media badge, because they don't send it to you, you have to go pick it up. 
I uh, I told my wife that if she wanted to walk around in SEMA with me, just to sit there and look, uh, make make the big eyes and look sorrowful, and uh, we'll see if we can get you a badge. And they literally have a spouse badge program that I wasn't oh, aware that's great. of. So we got her a a badge, and uh, that's one of the reasons why we have those some of those pictures of me talking to people is because she was taking taking pictures. So yeah, if you haven't already looked in our social media or uh, gone over to the JeepTalkShow.com site to uh, look at some of the uh, the SEMA uh, picks and the listen to the SEMA interviews, uh, just go to episode 410 and you can hear uh, episodes, uh, I mean interviews rather, with uh, several of uh, the, the big manufacturers that were out there at SEMA. Yeah, very good times and uh, I want to get out there next year. I hope so, Josh. I think we would just have a blast talking oh, yeah. to people. Take over. <laughs> well, hey, would you like to join the campfireside chat with us? Well, just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out all the ways you can reach out and join in on the fun. Hey, Jeeper, Mitch here. Today is the 15th of November, 2019, and it's time for your weekend going topless Jeep weather report. This week, I was thinking about where to take your Jeep out topless now that winter has touched most of North America. I figured out a solution. It's going to take some balls, and it's completely cool to blast your heater and still be topless. So let's cut some diamonds in Fairbanks, Alaska. One may say that it is nipply there. Friday and Saturday will be cloudy at 8 and 6 degrees respectively. And Sunday, you may get some concealment while topless and some snow flurries at 1 degree. This may also be a good time for a disclaimer. I'm using Fahrenheit for all my temperatures. Maybe you chase Alaska summer south, so being topless isn't as difficult. That can work. So our next stop is Calgary, Alberta. It's not that cold as you would think. That's a start, but it'll still be cloudy there. Friday will be 45, Saturday 44, and Sunday 53 degrees. Now you make it further south with better weather to keep your top off. In Helena, Montana, it will be 52 on Friday, 49 on Saturday, 51 on Sunday. Hey listener, at least these places will be cloudy making it for some good pictures to prove you went topless. Go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and use any of those ways to send in your proof. You made it south, so you're topless in Tomo, Iowa. Radar says that it'll still be cloudy here, though. Hey, it'll be 46 on Friday, 44 on Saturday, and 43 on Sunday. Maybe next week I'll find you some warmer weather, but you're a Jeeper. Jeepers are crazy enough to go topless and wheel anywhere. That's why we have Jeeps. If you have any suggestions or want to know your local weather in an upcoming episode, go to jeeptalkshow.com contact in order to find out all the ways to get a message to me. I'm Mitch. Always a great weekend to go topless. If you're brave enough, just go topless responsibly. Hey, now let's get some of some events from around the world and maybe even in your neck of the woods. Don't forget to let us know about an event that you are planning or are involved with or volunteering with. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Click and fill out our wheeling wear form. Information comes to us. We'll get it out to the masses as soon as possible. Coming up November 30th through December 1st, right at the end of the month here, we've got Big Dogs Off-Road presenting their Toys for Tots Dirt Fest. This is a very good charity event. All toys will go to the Quantico Marine-based Toys for Tots program. Definitely want to get involved with this, my fellow Jeeper. This is all happening at the Cove in, the, uh, the, in Gore, Virginia, November 30th through December 1st, as I said. And uh, happening the following weekend, December 7th, is the Adventure Off-Road Park Annual Toy Run. Another great little charity event going on. This is happening at the Adventure Off-Road Park in South Pittsburgh, Tennessee. Once again, that one's happening December 7th. For more information on these events, more events, and links, visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode. Get all the stuff you need. 
that's it for the show for this week, my fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to reply to our posts on Facebook. Who knows? We might just pick you to win the grand prize. A snarky comment direct from Tony. <laughs> As always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. The wheels they spin, the sticks may be twin, the tires they bark, and the plugs they spark. The seals may leak, and the top does too. There's mud on the fender and mud on my shoe. I have grease on my skin, and my knuckles are bare. Would you just look at that crazy Jeep hair? My grill has seven slots, my winch cable has knots. I can be found playing in the dirt or climbing on rocks, sporting a grimy t-shirt and mismatched socks. may not be the prettiest Jeep in the lot, but I'm proud to be built, not bought. Podcasting since 2010.